0: Hi everybody, welcome to Ask Dr. Jessica. The podcast for my goal is to give quality information to help anyone out there who cares for children. I'm your host and pediatrician, Dr. Jessica Hockman. On today's episode, we are going to talk to Dana Kay. Dana is a board certified holistic health practitioner, a best-selling author and a mom, and she has made it her mission to help families manage ADHD symptoms using a natural approach. I meet a lot of families whose children may fit the diagnosis of ADHD but they are not quite sure if they would like to treat their children with a medication. For these families, Dana is a wonderful resource because she has treated over a thousand children with ADHD using holistic strategies. And we will talk all about it in today's interview. Also, thank you to anyone who has left a five star review for Ask Dr. Jessica. I read all of the comments and I appreciate them immensely. And beginning Tuesday, March 7th, I will be offering a four week online workshop to help parents worry less about their toddlers. I'll be covering a range of topics, all with the goal to make parenting more enjoyable and less stressful. If you're interested in hearing more details, follow me on Instagram at AskDrJessica or send an email to AskDrJessicaMD at gmail.com. Now on to the podcast. Dana, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me,
0: Jessica. So tell everybody, who are you? I, I love your story. Please share your story. Oh, for sure. Um, Believe
1: it or not, I uh, actually was completely removed from this health and wellness space um i was actually an accountant uh in a previous life and um uh, you know i laugh about it now but you know when i grew up as a child all i wanted to be was a businesswoman with my own office and uh you know a big table and and that's what i got and i you know i was a director in an accounting firm back in australia you know many years ago uh and i probably would have continued in that field uh if if the concerns over my son's health hadn't grown as much as they did and You know, when he was two, I, 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 you know, I knew that it was the terrible twos and he'd have these meltdowns and he'd bounce off the walls with energy. But there was just something in my gut that, you know, it was just a little bit more than all other kids. And, you know, then he got to the age of three and they got more and more dramatic. And then he got to the age of four. And I think the fours were the worst years of his his life, uh, especially for our family. And, you know, I was asking his pediatrician, is there anything wrong? Uh, You know, should we get him checking out for autism or ADHD? I'd ask his teachers, they're like, no, he's just a boy. Don't stress about it. But, you know, eventually it all started to catch up. And that's when his teachers did start noticing a little bit of a difference and suggested that we go to our pediatrician to get him assessed for ADHD. And um, that's when we did. And you know, at first um, we went to a specialist that, you know, was uh, specializing in ADHD and he was diagnosed with ADHD. And I just want to tell listeners out there that you know, if your pediatrician uh, gives you a couple of forms, tells you to fill them out and then diagnoses you with ADHD from that, that's probably not the best way to go. Uh, you really want to find a uh, Person that specialises in it that is qualified to actually make a diagnosis and usually it's done over a course of a number of different um, sittings with your child. But when that happens, you know, I remember feeling relieved uh, with the diagnosis uh, because I wasn't a bad mum. You know, it wasn't it, it wasn't my fault. Uh, you know, it's a lonely place to be when. Your child struggling, and you and you think it's because of your parenting, but I really felt that relief. And the first thing that we were given by the doctor was a prescription medication, and between you and me, I was actually excited about it. I thought that this pill was was going to be the thing that was going to fix our family, and uh, you know went straight into the drugstore, filled the prescription, and came out and, You know, gave it to him. I was so excited. But, um, you know, it was working great uh, until it wasn't. And at first, things were good. He was able to play with his brother. He was focusing better. His tantrums weren't so severe. But all of a sudden, we started to see these side effects. Uh, He wasn't able to eat. He wasn't able to sleep. He uh, started to have a lot of anxiety and he sort of became withdrawn, which was definitely not who he was. And so the doctor prescribed another prescription to counteract the side effects of the first. And and this continued until he was on three very strong medications. And when the doctor suggested a, a fourth medication to sort of counteract the side effects, that had popped up, I literally couldn't do it anymore. And, you know, that's when I sort of said, hmm, you know, something's not quite right, you know, there has to be a, a better way. And I sort of dove into the research and the studies. And, you know, that's when my my career path completely changed. I went back to school, I did my holistic health degree, multiple specific certifications in this particular area. And I learned that ADHD symptoms can be reduced naturally and I I learned how food can affect so many aspects of our lives and you know today my son is 13 he's a teenager Um, he's thriving he hasn't been on meds for years Uh, he's in middle school he's a straight-A student but that doesn't mean anything to me the most important thing is he's happy and my family is happy and we now have, have peace and calm and I, I no longer sort of wake up every morning dreading the day ahead and, you know, once I learned all of this and, and once I saw the changes that food and natural strategies had on my own family, I really couldn't keep that information to myself and, you know, I didn't want anyone else to go through the struggles that I went through and um, I've, I've now been lucky enough to be able to help over a thousand other families, you know, get to the same place as me but just so much quicker
0: wow well a couple things i want to touch on one you know i have the pediatrician perspective where a lot of parents will come to me saying my child's teacher has pointed out that my child's having some difficulty in the classroom and i think sometimes when they come to me not all of the time but they're sort of looking for the medication or the Mm -hmm. teacher has insinuated that maybe a medication is the next best place to go And what's hard for me is, one, as you mentioned, the paperwork to fill out, what's tricky is a lot of these long assessments, which I agree with, are very important. They're thousands of dollars. So parents Mm. are in a quandary where they want to go get these long assessments that they also, you know, they want to do the right thing for their child. But um, at the end of the day, they'll come to me and say, can we just try a little bit of Ritalin or medication and just see what's the harm in that? Mm -hmm. Um, So Sometimes it's a little bit tricky from my perspective yeah. um, because not all the time, but some parents, I think they just don't know the right next step to take. Um, oh,
1: totally.
0: And I I do agree that they want to do right by their child, just like sounds like the situation you were in. And they don't necessarily want to put their kid on a medication, but they also don't want to, they want to help their child and they see that they're struggling in school. So I love what you are doing because you're providing education for an mm-hmm. alternative. So I'm just curious, I've been listening to your podcast and I love how you talk about the many pieces of the pie and how the analogy of how treating ADHD from a holistic standpoint involves many ingredients. What are the main ingredients that you, that you think about? I know you just mentioned food. Yeah look
1: I, I think I think diet for sure is the uh foundation of everything. Uh you know it's and I use this analogy a lot that when you're building a house if you don't have a solid foundation that house is not going to be very strong and the, and the body's the same. And you know when my son was diagnosed you know the only course of action that I was presented with not knowing Anything like I, I I feel like I, I totally get as a paediatrician that you want to try and help your 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 patient and give them the solutions. Um, but the the only solution I was provided was medication. So I thought, okay, this is the way to go. Uh, if, if if the doctor had said to me, look, you could there's a couple of different paths that you can go down. This one or this one or this one. And so uh, look, diet is the absolute foundation of everything. And medication can be effective, supplements can be effective, chiropractic care can be effective. But if you don't have that solid foundation of diet, none of that stuff's gonna work properly. You know, it was like when my son, we were on one medication, then on two medication, then on three medication, and as we actually started to make these natural changes, we were able to reduce the dose come off one medication, reduce the dose of the next one, come off another medication. And as that inflammation in the body reduced, and it's all about inflammation, I, I feel that ADHD symptoms, they're exacerbated by this inflammation. And so diet actually starts to reduce that inflammation. So for me, diet is the key to everything. It's not the only thing. There's definitely, definitely many pieces uh, of of the pie, but I really believe in a f- you know, a food first approach, um, rather than trying to sort of find that magic pill that's going to fix a child, clean up their diet instead. And and in doing that, we we reduce inflammation, uh, and then symptoms start to reduce because we're really getting to the bottom of what's exacerbating those symptoms in the in the first place. So, diet foundation. For sure. So that's that's number one. I think that that's like if we're if we're equating it to a pie, it's probably the crust. You know, you can't have a good pie without the crust, but you can't have a good pie without the filling either. <laughs> so, uh, you know, which one is it? I I don't know. So that's definitely one of um those those um uh, those ingredients. Do you want me to talk about what that looks like, or would you like me to continue to keep going on other ingredients?
0: No, sure. I love um. You know, because I, I would love to hear your dietary recommendations because what I think about when I hear your recommendations are, wow, this this would be tough to do, but honestly, not unhealthy, um, not an unhealthy diet to adhere to. And what if it's helpful? I mean, it, it, it can't hurt. It cannot hurt to try what your recommendations for a few months.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I, I look at it that way because what are the side effects?
0: None. Nothing.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So so mention,
0: uh, let everybody know, what what are the, the main ingredients?
1: So, you know, there's there's two components to diet. There's the foods that aren't good for you and then there's the foods that you want to feed the body with more. And so it's not just about what to take out, it's also about what to put back in. And so I'll really definitely start with what to take out. Um, and, you know, the top three inflammatory foods, in my opinion, are gluten, dairy and soy, because those are the three culprits that are driving inflammation in the body. And I know it sounds really, really, really overwhelming, but, I you know, I tell everyone that I work, with that Rome was not built in a day and you don't need to make these changes in a day either and it's really okay to just take one step at a time and if that means changing one product at a time or one meal at a time, that is okay. And so you know, the reason that they are so bad, there's a couple of components to it is, you know, they they cause uh, they lead to an immune response and so they, they they lead to increased intestinal permeability which is which is basically something called leaky gut. It's a whole topic for another day, but basically a breakdown in the lining in the gut. Now, our our job in our guts is to break down our food. uh, And if um, the lining is not working properly, it can let other toxins and bad things go into our bloodstream and it leads to that inflammation, that immune response. And there's a huge connection between the gut and the brain. And so, you know, that's one of the main reasons. But also gluten and dairy actually have opiate-like effects. In the brain, so like morphine, you know, um, the, the the gluten component is called glutamorphin, and the the dairy component is called casamorphin, and they bind to these receptors in the brain, the opiate receptors in the brain, and cause, you know, symptoms like what you would if you're on morphine. You think about someone addicted to morphine, they're unable to regulate their emotions. They may be bouncing off the walls, but then at the next time they may be depressed. And so very, very similar to some of the symptoms of ADHD. Uh, so, uh, you know, those are the main foods. We then also recommend families, um, reduce sugars and take out refined sugars. You can, you can, um, focus on natural sugars instead, like honey, maple syrup and dates and artificial flavours and colours and preservatives. And, and again, I know that it it sounds really overwhelming but I've been doing this for years and we have all the tricks up our sleeve for when those barriers come up like birthday parties and eating out and other family members, you know, grandparents, they show their love with food and how we can overcome that. So really working with someone that can actually help you be successful. So those are the foods that we sort of focus on to remove out or reduce Um, But then uh, it's about what to eat. It is not about what to take out. It's what to put back in the body. And so my my best tip for families and listeners out there is to really focus on whole, nutritious, fresh fruits and veggies, grass-fed animal proteins, so things like meat, poultry, seafood, eggs, and also plenty of healthy fats. Such as avocado oil, coconut, olive oils, because they really feed that brain. You also want to be drinking plenty of spring water. I mean, the amount of families that come to me that their kids are surviving on juice and milk, um, you know, is is quite a lot. And what what water does, it it, it it helps us detox, it helps us remove the toxins that are already there and our body is made up of so much water and so we really need to replenish that. And and these foods provide our body with, you know, the nutrients it needs so that it can function at our best. You know, I think when buying ingredients, if you focus on whole foods that aren't packaged foods, then that's the best course of action. But when you do have packaged foods, the best rule of thumb is to avoid anything that you can't pronounce. And the shorter list of ingredients, the better.
0: <laughs> now, if somebody's listening saying, wow, this sounds so overwhelming. I don't know. Can this really work? Medication seems such an, so much easier, such an easier route. Can you give somebody an expected timeline when they should hope to see changes? Are we talking three months, six months? Yeah,
1: that's a really, really good question. And um, look, I will say, yes, it seems overwhelming, uh, but with the right support and the right guidance and that step-by-step plan, because when you do it on your own, yeah,
0: it's super overwhelming. For myself personally, I don't have ADHD, but if I eat a lot of whole foods and I watch my sugar intake and my refined carbohydrates, I definitely feel better. So it sounds like it can't hurt.
1: Definitely, definitely. It can do more than not hurt. And so, uh, you know, I think right. I think um, it's definitely about it's overwhelming for sure. Uh, I totally get it. And it seems like, oh, my gosh. But as I said, it's not impossible. And it has no side effects.
0: Now, my next favorite ingredient, I don't know if it's your favorite ingredient, but exercise exercise. I always think about Michael Phelps, you know, uh, I always Mm -hmm. think about Michael Phelps, he has the all-time Olympic record for gold medals, and I remember reading an interview from his mother who credits his ADHD as getting him into the pool because she needed somewhere to place his energy. So from the stories I hear and from my personal experience with patients, exercise seems like a great way to help ADHD symptoms naturally. 1000%.
1: 1,000%. There are very few other treatments for ADHD better than physical exercise. And there is a significant amount of research and studies showing it it helps uh, detoxification. It helps improve brain function. It improves mental focus, improves behavior. It improves memory and cognition flexibility, you know, cognitive flexibility. And there is also some new uh, research that shows just how critical it is to academic performance and it's free. <laughs> you know, you can just yes. get out there and, you know, jump on a trampoline, run around the block. There are so many things you can do, you know, uh, at home. And again, that's one of the strategies that is so important, our, you know, ingredients in the pie, and definitely one we teach inside our program for sure.
0: Now, let's talk about sleep. Do you find that sleep is a helpful ingredient?
1: look sleep is critical it is definitely one of those you know critical aspects uh, critical ingredients to the whole thing Uh, focusing on that sleep you know if you've got a kid that's not sleeping well it's actually going to exacerbate symptoms Um, but there are underlying stresses that can be contributing to sleep problems so you know it's really really important that you address those because we find that when we start to reduce inflammation in the body and we start healing that gut that um they start sleeping better but also uh you know have also make sure that your your child's not breathing through their mouth because actually breathing through the mouth, you know, um, exacerbates ADHD. And some of the symptoms that can come out look like ADHD, which in fact might be sleep apnea. So if there's snoring involved, if there's breathing through the mouth, you know, speak to your pediatrician um, or your ENT about doing a sleep study because that's, that can be a critical component. We also talk about those different things that you can do inside our program. But we do find a lot of kids that once we address the gut, Once we address the inflammation in the body, they start to sleep better. But 100% they need sleep.
0: I also think it's important for parents to think about what time they want their child to go to bed and work backwards. Because Mm. getting to bed is a process. You know, I think it's helpful to make the lights dim, turn the screens off, take a bath, have a routine. Because I like the analogy that when you try to get your child to bed, you have to think about it like landing a plane. You don't want to just nosedive. You have to gradually think about how to land that plane. And so I agree. I think I sleep is that. so important, thinking about sleep. So I
1: think oh, I love that. I love that analogy. Not, I think I might take that from you. <laughs> you should. It's not mine,
0: but you know, I like it too. <laughs> yes, I find... You know, my kids, they, if they don't get a good night's sleep, their behavior is oh, off the charts, terrible the com- next day.
1: Completely agree. My Mine are the same. And so sleep is absolutely critical.
0: Now, what about schools? I have, uh, you know, how should parents talk to teachers about their children when they have hyperactive symptoms or inattentive symptoms?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really, really good question. And I think it's, super important to talk to the teacher, the school counsellor, any other staff necessary at the beginning of the year Uh, so they're fully aware. You want to also see what accommodations might be available. You know, many teachers are willing to work with parents, even if there isn't an official 504 or IEP plan. There's special plans that you can have um, in place if your kid's got a specific diagnosis. So definitely don't be afraid to talk with a teacher. Let them know what your child needs and every child so Different. You know, some children might want to be able to stand up whenever they want and work standing. Some might need, you know, a, a, a wiggle seat um, or to use a fidget in class. You know, sometimes teachers are also able to place the child's desk in close proximity to the teacher. And this can, you know, often help children with ADHD because there are fewer sort of things to distract them when they're closer to the teacher than if they were all the way, you know, across the other side of the room. I think it's also important to uh, when, when you know, different teachers have different strategies in terms of behavior management. And the old school of thought was obviously, you know, taking recess away or taking you know lunchtime away from the child as a punishment for not listening or distracting or things like that that is so not okay for kids with ADHD and so really advocating for your child to say that we cannot have this in place if that's what's happening you know we want to use positive reinforcement rather than that negative reinforcement
0: right lunchtime and recess that's their that's their treatment that's their time to get their wiggles out get their energy out
1: exactly exactly look children with ADHD also are you know sort of often lagging in social skills and so you know work with your child to build those social skills at home so that they can then you know socialize at school like you can use play to teach social skills to them on a regular basis like practice taking turns listening showing interest in in what other people are saying and being a good sport so things you can do at home also to help them in school
0: this is a great list. I, I'm thinking of I talked to a parent last week who was so, so impressed with their child's third grade teacher because they talked to their teacher about their child's difficulty paying attention. And the teacher built in 10 minutes before school to allow the child to come and, and run around and get their energy out. And that helped them start the day much calmer. And like you mentioned, they have them sit in the front of the room. They have a fidget spinner. So I think involving teachers mm-hmm. um, is a win win all around. Definitely,
1: definitely, one hundred percent.
0: Now, let's talk about this is this could be a whole other ten podcast topics, but <laughs> parenting a child with ADHD I notice causes a lot of friction at home, understandably mm. so. Do you have any quick tips for parents on how to parent a child with ADHD?
1: Yeah, look, parenting is a huge, huge topic. And we actually have a dedicated parenting and behavioral therapist uh, inside our program. Children actually regulate their nervous systems through us up until the age of 12 or 13. And so when your child is in that moment of having that meltdown or that tantrum, we have to regulate our own nervous system to then calm the the situation. So if we're all worked up, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And it's the hardest thing to do. If you don't so have practice doing it, it is so, so hard. And so uh, um, really, you know, going from a point of compassion and just name uh, another strategy that you use is naming to tame it. So for example, if your child's having a meltdown, and they're really angry. You can say, hey, buddy, I see that you're feeling really angry. I notice that your, your fists are clenched and that you're having a really, really hard time. Just know mummy's here and she can help you. I notice that your body's all strong and you know you've clenched up your face. Um, you must be really angry at something and that's super hard. I understand. I'm really really sorry but I'm here. I can help you. And so naming it to tame it is one of the strategies that she shares and I can tell you it works 100%. But also uh, coming from a point of compassion. You know, there's no point in going with a point of like you know stop mounting down you know this is we've got to go we've got to go that's actually going to escalate everything so naming entertainment coming from a point of um from compassion and also calming your nervous system to calm their nervous system and you know it does take practice it's really really hard at first just like dietary changes really really hard at first but all of a sudden it'll become your new normal and so if they do melt down all of a sudden you'll be you'll take a breath and you're like hey buddy I notice you're really really sad right now and that must be really really hard Mummy's here she's here to support you when you're ready for a cuddle I'm right here
0: that's amazing. Just, I mean, even you just saying that to me right now, I feel better.
1: Totally. Isn't it? I, and this is how exactly I was with her on the podcast. I was like, you know, chatting away. And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hearing yeah.
0: that calm energy is very yeah,
1: helpful. Yeah, it is. And so if that does that for you, imagine what that does for, you that, for your child.
0: Absolutely. I love what you call it, naming it to taming it, because sometimes kids just want to be recognized and heard, Mm -hmm. and we don't need to solve the problems for them or get involved in their mess. Just recognizing their feelings, I think goes
1: a long way. Yes, totally. But you know, at first, the kids probably going to revolt going, what are you doing? Because they're not used to you approaching them that way. But really, it takes consistency, doing it once or twice is not going to work. But you know, doing it, every single time, then, you know, they'll start to get used to it and it will really, really help them as well.
0: Now, in your experience, this is a really tough question, um, but what are your thoughts on video games? Are you an absolutist uh, against them? Do you think moderation or certain times of day? What are your thoughts on video games? Because in my experience, what I hear from parents, video games are really good at calming the child in the moment with ADHD. They're focused, they're paying attention, but as soon as that video game goes off, oftentimes the behavior is even worse.
1: You are so correct there. And, you know, again, a, another another thing that parents actually see is they're like, well, you know, I don't think they've got ADHD because they can focus so much when they're playing their video games. You know, uh, ADHD is about... Um, you know, hyper-focusing as well. So if your child hyper-focuses on, on, on Legos or a video game, they can still definitely have ADHD. Now, in terms of technology, um, technology creates inflammation. Um, look, screens are a part of our children's lives, and in my opinion, this is not necessarily a bad thing. However if left unsupervised and unlimited, it can definitely, definitely turn into a bad thing. You know, it can affect their ability to focus. It contributes to health problems in our kids' developing brains. And it also affects their social skills and relationships. So reducing technology not only helps, you know, with all of that, but it also helps with reducing inflammation in other ways. So things like EMF exposure is another thing that contributes to, uh, to um, inflammation in the body so definitely moderation. We are not an absolute. You know, we don't we don't take it out completely. But sometimes we have technology holidays. Uh, sometimes my kids need a reset, and so we'll go with a week or two without anything. And at first, whoa, it's like a detox. But then. Wow, it's amazing. But at the same time, we limit it. We we give them, you know, 30 minutes a day, um, or sometimes don't have it on on during the week. But if they don't complete their chores or if they don't do their homework, they don't earn it. Um, it's not it's not a punishment, but it's more like these are the things that you've got to do to earn that time. And once they're done, you can you can have your 30 minutes. Um, weekends are a little bit different though.
0: That sounds, that sounds very reasonable. Sometimes I'll tell parents just to watch their child. Many kids, for example, may do well with just a half an hour video game time. They might behave well afterwards, but they might notice on the weekends on a Saturday when they're playing video games for three hours and then their behavior is off the charts, difficult. Yeah. Um, those are key, key symptoms and signs to pay attention to.
1: 1000%.
0: So I want to talk about the positive aspects of ADHD because I think when parents get a diagnosis of ADHD, they're, they're upset, they're concerned that their child may be affected for life in a negative way. Um, I love when people talk about ADHD as a superpower. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that?
1: It is a superpower. Um, we, uh, we actually, um, as a part of our program, we actually have developed a, a sister program kind of that is for the kids to take while the parents are going through making these changes for them to understand why they're making dietary changes, why we're making all of these lifestyle changes, but also about ADHD being a superpower. Because it is. It's not just a challenge. It's a superpower. And our kids with ADHD have amazing creativity, hyperfocus, persistence. And so one of the most important things we can do as parents of children with ADHD is to learn to focus on the positives and really reframe you know, ADHD, our kids hear negative comments all day long, you know, at school, at home, and just about everywhere they go. So I really focus on reframing it, um, you know, and fill them up with sort of positive affirmations. So, you know, is your child able to hyperfocus? That's amazing. They're going to be amazing at the, whatever they choose to do in life. Uh, is, is she determined? Is he persistent? You know, does he have amazing um, creative spirit? And so really making sure that you're focusing on those superpowers uh, rather than their negatives because there are so many things, you know, that we, that we can do to, to focus on those superpowers rather than, than those negatives. We need to fill up their love cup.
0: I completely agree with you. I find that a lot of kids that I meet who are diagnosed with ADHD are the funniest kids. They have the best energy. They're so creative, as you mentioned. One example I think about a lot that I'll tell parents, David Nealman. He's the founder of JetBlue, and I heard him once on a podcast credit his ADHD symptoms as his ability and his superpower to have created JetBlue because he was able to focus on many tasks at once and he had a creative way of thinking. And I thought that was really, really inspiring to hear him talk about that.
1: Yeah, look, I think um, I, I've interviewed this one, one guy on my podcast as well, who is extremely successful creative writer. And he is like paid $100,000 for one letter. Wow. Seriously, one letter, and um, he struggled with ADHD and bipolar all through his childhood. And you know, back then, it wasn't as a big focus as it as it is now. And he really struggled, but he's now been able to harness it and really be extremely successful. And so uh, some of the most successful people out there, you know, Simone Biles, um, Justin Timberlake, all have ADHD and they've been able to harness their superpowers to, to get to that level.
0: Wow. It's really nice to hear those examples. So do you have any final advice for parents that, uh, that, that are thinking that their child has ADHD or they're, they've just, um, that that are that are dealing with this in their life. Do you have any final advice for parents?
1: Yeah. Look, I will say uh, um, the natural route is not for everyone, you know. And so, don't beat yourself up if you you know you you don't do the natural route. It's okay to do what's best for your family. And so, you know, struggling with ADHD or struggling with a child with ADHD is tough, but there is hope. You don't have to go it alone and there are so many other families out there that are struggling like you and it's you're not the only one. And I actually run a free Facebook uh, group called the ADHD Parent Nutrition Support Group on Facebook. Uh, There's about 23,000 members in there Um, and everyone has a child with ADHD and you will feel like you have found your village. And so really find your community, find your village. But I will say if you do go down the natural route that Rome was not built in a day and transforming your family's life won't be complete in a day either as I said earlier it's not a race it's it's a marathon it's okay to take it slowly it's okay to take one step at a time and if the pace that's doable for you and your life and your family is one change a week or one change every two weeks then that is okay you need to give yourself permission to take it slow and remember this is not a diet It's not a phase, it's a permanent lifestyle change, and when it becomes part of your life, it becomes second nature and it becomes your new normal and changes aren't as hard or as overwhelming.
0: Thank you so much. Now, what I so appreciate about this is I'm someone who's a firm believer that parents should have choice. So for many parents, medication is the route that works best for their families, and I support that. But I also feel like many parents are not sure that they want to use medications or like in your experience, they tried and it's not helpful. So I think it's really, really nice to know that there are other options to consider that are helpful for their kids.
1: Definitely, I complete, completely agree 100%.
0: Thank you so much. And one last time, tell everybody, what's the name of your podcast?
1: Uh, my podcast is called The Soaring Child. Every child with ADHD deserves to soar like every other child.
0: Thank you for your time. It's been It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Ask Dr. Jessica. Also, if you could take a moment and leave a five-star review wherever it is you listen to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate it. It really makes a difference to help this podcast grow. You can also follow me on Instagram at Ask Dr. Jessica. See you next Monday.